Welcome back to Caffeine and Crime. Today I have season three, episode four for you guys, and it's going to be a long one. So I hope you guys have a snack prepared. First, I want to say I'm so sorry that there was not an episode last week. I hope you guys understand. Um, Honestly, I just had to take a little bit of a mental health break from all the things. Um, And then when I jumped back into things, I just did not have time to get this episode done. Uh, This is an episode I've been working on for a really long time, and as you guys see, it is going to be on Casey Anthony, Kaylee Anthony, pretty much all the Anthonys, and it is a long one. So not only am I going to be telling the story and case of Kaylee Anthony, but this is going to be a timeline episode. So it's very detailed. There is a lot going on here, and... I wanted to mention all the details with this one because they are so important to know the people behind the story and like just all the details put together makes sense more, in my opinion. Now, this is a case that I followed along with. Um, It was honestly probably the first case that really got me into true crime. Um, I was pretty young at the time, but during the trial, I remember it like it was yesterday, and um, I'm still devastated to this day. But this honestly is what got my foot into the door for true crime and uh, my passion for looking into these cases and that type of ordeal. I wanted to mention this case in my first season, and I originally had planned to. I had it written down everything, but this is a case that's really hard for me to go back on. There is a lot of haha moments because of how Casey is just like the biggest idiot in the world. But at the same time, this one is so close to my heart. It involves a little child. So that is a trigger warning. And it just is a devastating case. And it's always been that way for me. So I knew that this one was going to be extremely hard for me to power through. And I also knew it was going to be 10 hours long. So I hope you guys are prepared for that. We're going to go ahead and jump right on in because like I said, it's a long one. Really sorry if you do not like long timeline like episodes. I think it's really important. I don't do it in all of mine, but for this one, I have taken so much time into this that I really wanted to talk about everything leading up to this case as well as what happened after everything is out. But this is the case of Kaylee Anthony. Kaylee was a little girl who went missing right before her third birthday. So George Anthony, who was a sheriff deputy, and Cindy Anthony, who is an RN, lived and were from Niles, Ohio. They had two kids, Lee and Casey. So Lee is the older brother, and then Casey is their daughter, who is the baby. Cindy decided to work less to stay home with the kids, and because of that, she wanted George to make more money. Um, So he left his job at the sheriff's department of 10 years to work with his dad at a a car sales lot. It was called Anthony Auto Sales. Even though he didn't get along with his dad, and unfortunately, this job ended with him throwing his dad through a glass plate window at the dealership over an argument. So obviously he's fired from there. Um, Obviously he has some anger issues. 
Um, he then took out a second mortgage on his house to open up his own car lot that failed and set them really back. Then he was running for the county clerk's office, which he, too, lost. When all this fell through, they picked up, and for some reason they moved to Orlando, Florida. He got a job as a route manager for a newspaper, which I think is like an upgraded like paperboy type of ordeal, um, but soon he had a knee injury. So just honestly, bad thing after bad thing for this guy's luck with uh, work. <laughs> It caused him to have to leave that job, and he got into a pest control business after his knee injury, I guess, healed up. But he once again hurt the same knee and had no choice but to quit and spend his time at home. And that ended up with his online gambling issues and him racking up debt and credit cards and everything under the sun apparently um but i have seen that cindy was also a person who was racking up credit cards for stuff for the kids and stuff that she wanted so they just had a lot of financial issues to begin with so as you guys know you guys probably know who casey anthony is she is their daughter she was very popular she was an energetic person and a good student is what has been said so when she hit high school this is where things started to change a little bit and these lies started happening a lot. And you guys will see in this case, they continue on from here. This It's the craziest lying that I think I've ever like seen in my life or heard of in my life. She started skipping classes at school and like I said, she's in high school and she's skipping classes, hanging out with her boyfriend and overall not getting enough credits to graduate high school. She, of course, lied to her parents when they asked her about her cap and gown since graduation was coming up. They eventually got a call from the school, and the school had to tell them, look, she's not graduating, she isn't showing up for classes, she doesn't have enough credits to graduate. And so when they go to her and they're like, hey, the school called, they said this, she said, that's a lie. It's all their fault. They put me in these classes, and I didn't know that these credits weren't going to count these credits. This is fucking high school, Casey. <laughs> but her parents believed her. They believed her so much that they showed up at the graduation with friends and family. They told the friends and family that she didn't get to walk because the school made a mistake, but that she did graduate and get her diploma. She got a party afterwards and everything. So this girl skipped classes all senior year didn't get enough credits to graduate but her parents invited all their friends and family to come to her graduation and to her after party when she never even graduated because she was skipping school this just blows my mind after high school she was still living with her parents and she had a job as like the kodak person at universal studios so she was a person in the booth that is there when um people get off like a ride and they come and see what their picture looked like from that ride and um she would try to sell those pictures so that was what her job was and at universal studios is where she met jesse grund and it was around January of 2005. They got super close and then they started dating. 
Things moved really fast, all of her relationships do. <laughs> and in May 2005, she was actually over at his parents' house. She was talking with his brother about getting a job at Universal. And Jesse's father walked in and kind of looked at his son and he said, you didn't tell us that she was pregnant. And Jesse said, she's not. She's retaining water, which who the f says that? And then he goes on to say, she's a virgin. Jesse's father said she looked pregnant and even other people started asking, like, when is she having her baby? And, you know, her parents, George and Cindy, would be like at these family things and the family would be like, oh, I didn't know she was having a baby. When is when does she do? And they were just so dumbfounded and they were just like, oh, she's not pregnant. And Casey denied it until she was seven months pregnant. They said at the time that they were super excited. They were so excited to be grandparents. Casey told Jesse that he was the father. And after doing the math, he's like, I'm not stupid. He knew it couldn't have been his. They had met in January and she was due in August. And from personal experience with this is I have an August baby. And <laughs> I found out I was pregnant like I kid you not, December 31st of the year before. So doesn't add up, Casey. Anytime he would try to bring it up to her and just talk to her about it, she would either get pissed off and start yelling or she would just cry and he would feel bad. He decided he needed a break and he told her, like, our relationship has to take a break. But soon around the time that Kaylee was born, he was back into the picture. August 9th, 2005 is when the beautiful Kaylee Marie Anthony was born. The weird thing about this, um, and I've seen like a lot of people point this out, but like this family's relationship is super strange. So it's been mentioned a lot and I think this might be a normal thing for some people, but for other people, I'm with them. I'm like, this is so weird. But George, Casey's dad was in the room when she gave birth and you may think, oh yeah, that's sweet. You know, like a lot of people do that. They have, you know, they're close to their dads and maybe it's just my own personal daddy issues, but no, he was like down watching Kaylee like crown. <laughs> and the thought of that just like makes me cringe so hard. Like mm, even my dad like didn't want to even be in the room. And that's when we had a relationship <laughs> or somewhat. And it's just it's so weird to I don't even know like oh. But another really strange thing about this birth was that the first person that got a hold Kaylee wasn't even her own mother, Casey. It was Cindy, Casey's mother, so the grandma. Cindy insisted that she would be the first person to hold Kaylee. And uh, I would I would slap a bitch. <laughs> I would. Like, there's no way in hell. Like, when my kids came out, they were on me immediately. Like, so weird. Just this whole ordeal is just so strange. And going from there, they always talked about how Kaylee was our baby. Not Casey's baby, but our baby. Like the three of them as a trio. It's very strange. Casey and Jesse did get back together. He was actually at the hospital when Kaylee was born as well. He still had a paternity test done and they told him that it would take six weeks to come in. And during that six weeks, he fell in love with Kaylee. And in the end, he said he didn't care if he was or if he wasn't the father because he loved her so much. And like he already knew, he wasn't the father. 
but he wanted to adopt her. But this is where things get like a little hairy for him because Cindy did not like Jesse and didn't want any of it. George and Cindy, they separated for a little while. Cindy had kind of just found out about like his gambling issues. He wasn't working. She was having to bring in all the money being a nurse and she was just sick and tired of it. And she made him move out. So at the time, all Cindy had was Casey and Kaylee, and Kaylee took up all of her time when she wasn't working. Soon after, with the whole Cindy and George, she wanted to file for divorce, but was pretty much told, look, you're making the money. If you get divorced, not only is he going to profit half of what you guys share in the marriage, but also you're probably going to have to pay alimony to him because you're the one bringing in the money. She was like, oh, hell no, and she moved him back in. <laughs> so she just decides, I'm just going to have to go on with the rest of my life living with this person that I don't love, but I'd rather do that than pay him. Uh, it's a very, like I said, a very hairy situation for the Cindy. So Casey eventually decides that she didn't want to go through with the wedding and adoption with Jesse. She tells him that... He loves Kaylee more than he loves her and that she just can't see herself staying with him. But she does say, you can stay in Kaylee's life, but it'll just be as a friend. Kaylee's actual father is unknown, unless you want to believe the stories that Casey comes up with. This is where the lying comes back in. Um, she says there's a guy named Josh that she had a short fling with at work. And then around the time Kaylee was two, he died in a car accident. But this hasn't been confirmed. This Josh hasn't even been located. Nothing. Another man, Michael Dugan, is thought to be the father. In 2007, he called his mother and told her that she was a grandmother and that the baby's mother was Casey Anthony. A few months later, he actually did die in a car accident, and that's that's insane. So people kind of wonder, like, is that where Casey got this lie and the story from about this Josh? She just didn't want it to lead back to Michael? I don't know. Another man, Eric Baker, is someone else Casey has said was a just a friend. They had a one-night stand, and weirdly enough, he is believed to have died in a car accident as well. So... Everybody in Casey's life apparently drops like flies. Casey and Kaylee continued to live with her parents, and Kaylee was spoiled and loved. She had her own Winnie the Pooh room. She had a little wooden kid's house in the backyard she would play in. And as you can gather, the grandparents spend all, all their extra time with her and all their extra money on Kaylee. People said that Casey was an excellent mother and always had her with her. Being a 19 or 20 year old mother, she did what she could, but relied a lot on her parents. And that's where a lot of people are like, you got to give her, you got to cut her some slack. You know, she's a teenage mom. I had my son at 17 and it's a, I know it's different for everyone. It is like a growing experience. You have to grow up super fast. In my case, um, from previous childhood, uh, the things that I had went through, I had already grown up super fast. So I do feel like in a way I was more prepared than someone who is like Casey because you guys will see the type of immature person she is with the story. But I don't know. It just blows my mind like how people still just think it's okay though. Ah, 
knew. You know, I was a teenage mom. I had, you know, my first son, Roman, at 17. I had my second son at 20. Um, so I stepped up to the plate and I was the mom. I put them first. You know, I took care of them. And I understand that she needs to go out and get a job. That's, you know, she doesn't have the dad in the life. You know, it's that sort of ordeal where I get it completely. But okay, you guys, get this. After her maternity leave at Universal Studios, she didn't go back. They tried calling her over and over again, but she never answered, so they just terminated her job. Yet, Casey would leave Kaylee with her parents or friends every single day to go to this quote-unquote work that she didn't have. She wasn't going to work, so she would go off and just do her own thing. It was her time. She even got her friends to watch her daughter Kaylee for free because she didn't have the money. She would say, you know, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to catch up and get back on my feet after maternity leave, all this kind of stuff. Her friend Amy felt so bad. She was like, yeah, I'll watch her for free. Don't worry about it. And Casey would just go get her nails done. She would still say to her friends, I miss my freedom and I'm tired of the responsibilities of being a mom. And yet she still didn't have a job and more and more bills were racking up and putting a lot of strain and stress on the Anthonys. And George had to start working a security guard job at different places like theaters and that type of ordeal to make ends meet keeping everyone in the home and feeding everyone. And I mean, Casey was never helping out with money. God, she didn't have a job. Cindy would tell others that Casey was irresponsible and unfit to have Kaylee alone. And that is why they had to live with her. Yet you'll never see that in court documents or anything like that because she always then said she was really good. She was a good mom and she worked all the time and all this kind of stuff. Casey started borrowing money from her parents and said that she would pay them back when she started um, getting back on her feet, pretty much. She starts making up the lies on why she couldn't. She had this to pay. She had to get this for Kaylee and this and this and this. She used her daughter a lot for money excuses. And she started a second job to help her get back on her feet. In reality, this just gave her more time with more hours since she had quote-unquote, two jobs. Again, she did not have a job. She didn't have a second job, nothing. She is just telling everyone, her friends and family, that she has these two jobs. One's at Universal Studio, and then I believe the other one was, was that like a clothing store? One night, her friend that watched Kaylee for free had to get a hold of Casey. She didn't pick up her phone, so she had to call the second job, to which they informed her that Casey didn't work there and that she never had. Casey lied, of course, telling her friend that at their job, they call her by a different name because these people wouldn't know like what her actual name is, though, if they called and they said Casey, even if they called her by something else, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's Casey. Her friend wasn't having it. She was done. She was probably like, your parents can think these lies are real, but I'm not. So she was like, I'm not watching your daughter for free anymore so that you can just go out and party. Another instance, George, her father, actually showed up at her second job and they told her, Casey doesn't work here. Casey never has worked here. And Casey lied once again. 
In the spring of 2007, Casey told everyone that she was promoted to the event planner at Universal Studios. Why? Because she was able to send herself emails saying there were emergencies with some upcoming events and she would have more and more free time. It happened for a while and her parents were there to help her. Around this time, she started seeing Jeff Hopkins. He worked at Universal Studios and had a son, Zachary, that was Kaylee's age. She talked about him for months and, you know, told everyone how much she was in love with him. And her parents wanted to meet him, so they said, we're going to have him over for dinner. But at the last minute, they were getting dinner all ready to go. And she says, oh, he has to cancel. His son is sick and we'll just have to do it a different time. So they plan this dinner again, and he cancels again last minute with a work emergency. Soon after, he informs uh, Casey that he has to move to North Carolina. Let me just be real with you guys. This guy doesn't exist. This guy, Jeff, we're going to bring him up again in the future. This guy doesn't even exist. (laughs) And... Oh my gosh, just these lies. Can you imagine? Like, I would be sweating telling these lies. Like, (laughs) this whole person she made up. He has a son named Zachary and all this kind of stuff. And he apparently, like, she couldn't keep on with this lie. So this guy moved to North Carolina. (laughs) Moving forward to Kaylee's second birthday party, she goes out and buys these decorations and cake and everyone's like oh she's such a good mom but come to find out she stole a check from her grandma Shirley who was Cindy's mom to pay for it so Shirley is pissed and she tells Cindy and Cindy gets mad and defends Casey (laughs) over time she stole even more from Shirley but she also starts stealing from her own mom Cindy as well Casey lies every time she's confronted saying Her checks are locked in the manager's office at Universal Studio, and he's out of town. And Cindy just keeps believing it. Around this time, Casey finds out that her father was putting $30 out of every paycheck to put in a savings account for Kaylee. Of course, she drains it, leaving only $5 behind, and when he finds out and confronts her, Cindy defends her once again. Casey gets desperate and starts taking deposit slips from her mother and faking them, showing them to Cindy, saying, I paid you, even though she's taking money out of Kaylee's piggy bank and wherever she can find it around the house. Cindy starts bouncing checks, not knowing that Casey actually didn't pay her. And Casey even took her grandmother's bank routing number off a check to route money to herself, and this was from an account that was set up to pay for her grandfather's nursing home bills. Guys, when I tell you this person is so fucked up, like, I don't think it gets any more fucked up than this. So, her grandma Shirley is fed up. She calls the police on Casey. So... At this point, the Anthonys start, like, really freaking out. Like, financials are not – their finances are not looking hot, and they seek help from a financial advisor who informs them that over the past few years, Casey has stolen over $40,000 from them. The person told them financially they really needed to cut ties with Casey, but they said we can't because of Kaylee. So then this person tells them, I would seek custody. Like, if she's not financially stable to take care of her own daughter and she's stealing over $40,000 from you guys in a few years, 
you guys should seek custody of Kaylee. Cindy's still not having it. She's terrified to lose Casey and mainly terrified to lose Kaylee. In May of the same year, Casey starts dating Tony. Tony Lazzo, I believe, or Lazzo. They met on Facebook and then started attending parties together. And it's another relationship that moves really quick. They go to these no-clothes party where you show up and you have to wear things that are not actual clothes. So, for instance, Tony wore an outfit made out of bubble wrap and... Casey, being the classy gal she is, wears an American flag. Casey was also seeing Ricardo, but she kept calling him her ex. I think they were just like a little fling here and there. And then there was Tony in the picture. And Tony's job involved going to different clubs and promoting them. So Casey was like all for this. The only downside was that Tony wasn't really a fan of kids. He was like all about this partying life and he just thought kids kind of slowed that down. But he said, if I ever have kids, you know, be down the line and I will want boys. And because obviously you can pick that. (laughs) On June 1st, 2008, Casey texted her mom and friend Amy that she was going to Tampa for a few days. But she told Amy that she was going with Tony and ditched some friends that night, including Ricardo, um, to be with Tony at a friend's barbecue. And Casey ended up staying the night with Tony for the first time. And on June 2nd, the next day, Ricardo found out about it and, and he confesses his love to Casey. But she's kind of over it at this point. She brings Kaylee to Tony's apartment that day, so they meet for the first time. And Tony said Kaylee had a teddy bear in one hand and a book in the other hand. That they spent the time together. They had a good time. There was a pool at his apartment place, so they kind of spent some time there. And that night, Casey texts a friend, Amy, and says, So is it more sad or funny that Ricardo decided to spill his guts out to me after finding out I made out with Tony? Stupid. So stupid. I couldn't wait for him forever, and I'm so glad I didn't. On June 3rd, Casey texted her friend Amy again and said that she was taking her mom out for dinner and shopping, but she wasn't. Um, She told her that they were going shopping for some items for their house because apparently Casey told Amy that her parents were leaving her their house. <laughs> so she asked Amy if she wanted to move in with her into her parents' house. They weren't leaving, though. Like, another lie. Like, oh, my God. Who says, like, my parents are no longer going to need this house and they're giving it to me. They're just giving it to me. So do you want to move in with me? It's insane. Oh, my God. And, like, where were they going? With all their financial problems and everything else, it's so weird. It was so serious that Amy even changed her mailing address to the Anthony's house. And Casey texted her saying she couldn't wait to live together. And then she asked her if she was going to come to the jukebox club that evening. She also posted on Amy's Facebook wall about missing her and that they had plans to celebrate after this drought. And another post is about how she can't wait for them to become roomies. And after the end of the week, it'll just be us girls. I'm not really sure what happens with this because... 
Um, I believe Amy has to end up like moving in like with Ricardo and she doesn't have a place because she thought she was moving in with Casey, but that doesn't end up happening. But I don't really know much more about that besides it just being like the biggest boldface lie and just insane. On Wednesday, June 4th, um, she was at the Voyage Club for another friend. So this is their friend Troy, who is also friends with Ricardo and Amy. So his birthday is coming up. So she wants to go and celebrate with them at Voyage. She brings Tony, even though Ricardo is there too. Casey didn't stay with Tony that night because her parents wanted her back home with Kaylee. But the next night, all the friends went out again for or Troy's actual birthday none of them had kids so they were like free to go and do whatever they want they could party every single night it was only her and again she wasn't able to go out so she was pretty bummed about that this day is also when Shirley emails a friend saying that Cindy has been calling her and confiding in her saying that she's stressed out and if you guys remember Shirley is Cindy's mother so the grandmother that Casey was stealing from Shirley's gossiping to her friend saying that her daughter Cindy is really stressed out over Casey and about George's gambling and having Kaylee all the time. She's at her wit's end and she even mentioned that Cindy has said that she just wants to do away with herself and she would have if it wasn't for Kaylee, which is really sad. There's a lot of pressure on Cindy. Friday, June 6th, Casey had plans with Amy and Ricardo, but she canceled all them last minute saying that she had work. We know she doesn't have work. <laughs> she doesn't have a job. She doesn't have anything going on besides going to the Fusion Ultra Lounge with Tony. Tony was running a promotion there every Friday night, and Casey apparently was helping out. But at this promotion, there was a photographer who was there taking pictures to promote it and posting them all on Facebook. And of course, it circulated the Facebook world and got back to Ricardo and Amy, who confronted Casey about it. Casey lied saying that her boss at Universal Studio told her that she had to go there and check to make sure that his kid wasn't at the club. That makes sense. That night, the 6th, Amy gets into a car accident and she totaled her car. She's fine, but her car is totaled. Then she calls Casey asking for help. Casey's like, oh, shoot, wish I could, but of course she's not going to be there. And the next morning, Casey posts on Amy's Facebook walls saying, I hope you're okay. And then Casey and Kaylee show up at Amy and Ricardo's place just to kind of like check in on Amy, but then to ultimately ask to spend the night. <laughs> Sunday, June 8th, Casey and Kaylee go back to her parents' house. And Monday, June 9th, they leave the house and Casey says she has to work and that she's dropping Kaylee off with a nanny. But what really happened was she picked up Tony because his Jeep was getting worked on and then they all went out to eat at Subway before dropping him back off. She texted Amy saying that she was staying with the boys, Ricardo, I guess at Ricardo's new place, and that Kaylee went potty on the baby potty for the first time and she said it was a proud mom moment. I believe her text was, sorry, proud mama night they stayed at ricardo's because obviously this lady is just picking whoever she can find to bum off of tuesday june 10th ricardo leaves early for work saying he saw both of them asleep when he left later casey texts amy saying 
Her and Ricardo were no longer friends because he confessed his love to her again and it was awkward. But, bitch, you're staying at his house. You're bringing your kid there. Like, you're just, like, moving in, needing a place to stay. So I can understand where he's thinking, oh, this might lead to something. Maybe we can finally be something. Ricardo apparently offered to be the side piece, though, and that he was okay with her being with Tony. But Casey said she respected him too much for that. <laughs> Because she's such a great person. Wednesday, June 11th, Ricardo and Amy ask Casey to come to the club and she says no. She also changes her relationship status on Facebook to in a relationship. Thursday, June 12th, Casey, Tony, and Kaylee go to the Cheesecake Factory together for lunch. Then Casey meets up with a friend for a play date at the park. Casey texts Amy saying, sorry, I missed your call. I have work, but I'll call you later. That night at the Anthony's house, there is an internet search for Zeneda Fernandez Gonzalez um, from Jacksonville, Florida. That name will come into play, and if you're aware of the story, you know exactly who that is. Friday, June 13th, Amy texts Casey because she was supposed to help her go get a new car after totaling her other one. Casey made up a story about her father having a mini heart attack, and then says that they're on their way to the hospital. Okay, again, <laughs> there was no heart attack. This is just another lie. That Saturday night, Casey texts Ricardo asking to go to Night Fusion, and him knowing that Tony's going to be there, he says no. And then he says, well, didn't you take Amy to get her new car? She says, oh, no, my dad had a mini heart attack. He's fine now, but I just couldn't earlier. That night, Casey and Tony were at the club, and she stayed the night with him again. And Sunday the 15th was Father's Day. Cindy had Kaylee, and she took her to the nursing home to see her father. So Cindy's father, the grandfather, you know, the the grandfather who's in the nursing home that uh, Casey was draining that savings account for. There is a super cute video of the grandpa holding Kaylee and singing You Are My Sunshine, and it is so sweet and so sad at the same time. Um, any pictures and videos that I mention in this, I will put in today's blog. You guys know the deal. The blog is always linked down below in the description of the podcast, so if you're interested, you can go check it out. Cindy took her back home that evening for pool time and dinner with Shirley. That evening, Cindy and Casey had a fight about Casey being at the club instead of work like she had said. Um, apparently, she had gotten back to her that there was pictures of her on Facebook being at a club and it didn't add up because Casey was supposed to be working. And um, Shirley had also let it drop to Cindy about Casey stealing from the savings account for the grandpa. So she was not happy and they got into a fight and Casey, Cindy, and George say it was a very calm matter. They talked it out, but apparently the neighbors heard this fight go down and they said it was not a calm event. It was very loud. Cindy threatens custody of Kaylee, and as you guys know, it gets very heated. That night, Casey and Cindy tuck Kaylee into bed, and Casey talks to Tony on the phone from 1 a.m. to about 3 a.m. So the day of... Monday, June 16th, around 7 a.m., Cindy Anthony testified that she left for work a few minutes before 7 while everyone in the home was still asleep. 
Around 7.52, there's activity from Casey Anthony's password-protected account on MySpace um, that she searched shot girl costumes for Tony's nightclub events. Um, and that she was also chatting on the computer with some guy. She was flirting with him, trying to get him to like come to Club Fusion. And I guess her way of trying to get him to come was by flirting. Around 10, she uploaded uh, a picture of Fusion to her photo bucket account. Does anybody still have a photo bucket account? <laughs> George made breakfast for Kaylee and he said that around 1 p.m., Kaylee and Casey left to go get in the car, and they both had backpacks on their shoulders. Kaylee was wearing jean shorts, a pink shirt, socks with sandals, and sunglasses. He helped buckle her into the car with kisses while Casey told him that she had to work and that she was dropping him off or dropping Kaylee off with the babysitter. Pings from her cell phone to cell towers claim differently. Not really sure where she went at this point in time, but she did have some phone calls with Amy around 1.44 p.m. Um, and then George says that he left to go to work around 2.30. And a little while after this time, Casey's cell phone pings at the cl tower closest to the home. So it's like she circled and came back to the home and there is more stuff on the desktop computer. Um, someone was using a password-protected um, account that was Casey's. And a Google search is made with the term foolproof suffocation. And the user clicked on an article criticizing pro-suicide websites that promote foolproof ways to die. There was activity on MySpace. Um, she also answered a phone call from Jesse, who we've talked about in the past, who was going to adopt Kaylee. He described the conversation as abnormal, where Casey stated that her parents were getting divorced and that she had to find a place to live. He says that he does believe he heard Kaylee playing in the background. Sometime in the afternoon, she also made phone calls to her boyfriend, Tony, and around 4 Ish, she made six unanswered phone calls to her mother. At 4.11 p.m., Casey's cell phone pings indicate that she was near the house until she was headed for Tony's apartment. And at 7.54 p.m., she and Tony were seen entering and walking around casually at a Blockbuster video store and Kaylee is not with them. So as you guys can see from here, on this day is when Kaylee went missing. And we are not sure of the time that she went missing, but it's somewhere between 2.30 when her dad was gone and from the time around 4 o'clock when she was at Tony's house. So from maybe 2.30 to 4 is around the period where Kaylee goes missing. The next day, the Tuesday afternoon, while both parents are working, Casey's cell phone pings to the tower um, closest to the Anthony's home. Then there is nothing like the phone has either died or it is shut off around 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. until she is at Tony's apartment around 8.30. She then meets up with a friend and she's driving Tony's Jeep. This friend, Chris, said that she seemed happy. She was talking about buying a house and that she was looking at a very cheap $250,000 home. 
I guess to her, that's really cheap coming from a person that doesn't even have a job. On Wednesday, June 18th, she goes back to her parents' house when they are working. She backs her car into the garage. She asks the neighbor, Brian, to borrow his shovel around 1.30 and returns an hour later. Her phone pings around the house from 2.30 to 3.30, and then her phone doesn't ping for about 30 minutes. But when it does, it is around the Econ Trail that is located south of Lake Underhill. Casey invites several people to a club through social media and text that evening. And that same night, Casey Anthony is captured in various photos partying at the Fusion nightclub and participating in hot body contest. These pictures have went all over the news during this trial and Casey is out partying, entering this contest and looking like she's having a good time. Meanwhile, Kaylee has been missing for four days. Casey at this point is staying with Tony, but tells her parents that her and Kaylee are now living with the nanny, Zenea Fernandez Gonzalez, the name I mentioned earlier. But for the rest of this, we're going to be calling her Zanny because that is the nickname that Casey said they used. Tony had two other roommates who claimed Casey kept the house clean and they never seen Kaylee during that time. Cindy would call every day wanting to see Kaylee. I mean, she went from seeing Kaylee every single day to not seeing her for days. There were tons of excuses. Zanny was at the beach with her. Oh, Zanny has her at the park. Oh, they're at Disney World today. But she was never with Casey. On June 21st, Casey told her mother that her Zanny, Kaylee, Zanny's sister, and the one and only Juliet Lewis. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. Uh, I'm sure you know who Juliet Lewis is, and if you don't, you should. Um, but she is an actress, but obviously this isn't the real Juliet Lewis. Um, Casey, this is just another lie fabricated from Casey. Um, but Casey says this Juliet Lewis is a work friend and that they all went to Tampa to push garden for the day. Cindy was concerned and said, do you need some clothes for Kaylee? All of her clothes are here. Casey said, no, Zanny always has clothes for Kaylee, and she took us on a shopping trip. Cindy finally asked if they could call her when they got back home so that she could talk to Kaylee, and Casey agreed, but it didn't happen. They apparently had so much fun that Kaylee fell asleep super fast, and the next day they went right back to Bush Gardens because they loved it so much. Cindy asked to call Kaylee again, but on the way home, Zanny and her sister got into a bad car accident and they had to go to the Tampa hospital. Raquel, uh, Zanny's sister, broke her arm and Zanny had a concussion. <laughs> you may be thinking, why am I laughing? But just know these people are made up. So this is all just fabricated lies. Casey tells her mother that she has to stay there close with them and that Kaylee is staying in the hotel with Juliet Lewis. <laughs> but Casey isn't in Tampa, obviously. She's at Tony's house. On June 23rd, 2008, Tony says that Casey needed gas for her car. And so he went with her to his parents or to her parents' house 
And she goes back to their shed and she breaks the lock off of their shed door and takes their gas cans. And he helps her put them in the trunk of her car. So the next day, George goes out to mow his lawn and he sees that the lock is broken on his shed and he's pissed off. So he calls the cops and he says, someone broke into my shed. He even went to like the neighbors and was like, watch out. Somebody broke into my shed. You guys might want to be on the lookout, you know, in case there is break-ins. Later that day, George would typically be working, but he had like an interview. So he took the day off and he had like this interviewer meeting. So he was home that afternoon and Casey shows up and he's like, oh, hey, I didn't know you were coming over. And she was like, I, th- I just have to grab a couple things. I only have like 10 minutes. I got to go. And he was, she was kind of rushing or whatever. And he was like, oh, okay, well, you know, probably like, when are we going to see Kaylee and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then he had this kind of thought in his head. I wonder if she broke into my shed. So he says, hey, there's something that I left in your trunk of your car. I'm going to go get it. And she's saying, no, no, let me get it or whatever. And he was like, I know, you know, I can get into your trunk. I got it. It's fine. And he goes out there and she jumps in front of him and she opens her trunk really fast and retrieves the gas cans herself. And she throws them down on the ground and says, here's your fucking gas cans. So classy. On June 27th, she calls Amy and says she ran out of gas and that her car smells bad and that she might have hit a dead animal. She leaves it at the business where it broke down because she's out of gas um, and it's by a dumpster. She calls Tony and she has him come get her and she just leaves it there. And she doesn't tell the people at the business nothing and three days go by, this car is sitting by their dumpster so they have it towed. And in the back of this car is her purse and belongings and also Kaylee's car seat. The same day, Cindy has a work vacation that starts for like that whole week. It was like a Monday and she had the whole week off. She wants to see Kaylee. Casey tells her that Zanny and Zanny's roommate, Jennifer Rosa, which is another made up person, has taken Kaylee to a character breakfast at Universal Studios. So Cindy gets in her car, drives to Universal and calls Casey when she gets there and says, hey, I'm right out here. Um, I want to go in and see Kaylee, can you let them know that I'm here and I'll get her and I'll just take her back to my house this afternoon? And so Casey's like, you know, put off guard and she's like, oh, well, we're not even there. We're in Tampa still. I don't really know how the rest of that went down. If I was the grandmother, I'd be like, what the F? You said that she was here. I drove all the way here. Like, where is she then? Meanwhile, Tony had Casey take him to the airport um, that week he was going to visit his family in New York and said that she could use his Jeep, but um, she didn't have a place to stay. I guess like his roommates, he thought it was weird like for her to stay there, you know, and I'm assuming he thinks she has a place. She just stays with him because they're dating. So she goes to Ricardo's place um, with Amy to stay the night. <laughs> They asked where Kaylee was, but it's still like the same excuses. July 1st, Ricardo leaves for work and Casey goes to her ex, Jesse's place, to shower and to hang out with him for a little while, bumming off everyone that she can. He asks about Kaylee because, you know, he loves Kaylee. And she says, oh, she's with the nanny. July 2nd, Casey gets a tattoo on her back saying Bella Vita, which means beautiful life in Italian. 
The tattoo artist said that she talked only about Tony and wanting to get another tattoo soon. Cindy keeps trying to show up at places that Casey says Kaylee's at. So she's texting like every single day, where's Kaylee? And she'll say, oh, she's at the beach with Zanny. And Cindy will drive out to those places and try to find them. Finally, Cindy keeps going to these places and then come to find out Zanny's not there with Kaylee. So she gets concerned and instead of going to the police, she goes to her other kid, Lee, and tells him. And Lee gets really concerned. So he starts contacting Casey's friends and finds out like where she'll be partying that night. But her friends trying to be good friends, they kind of go back to Casey and they're like, hey, your brother's looking for you. He's really concerned. I told him he, you were going to be at this party tonight. And so she's like, okay, yeah, I'll call him. But she doesn't. Instead, she just doesn't show up at the club that she's supposed to be partying at that night because she knows her brother will be there. Casey hung out with a friend, Melissa, instead, and Melissa was also a young mom, so she was, like, excited to hang out with her and maybe bond about Kaylee and them both being young moms, but instead, Casey never mentioned Kaylee once. Um, In fact, Melissa said that Casey seemed very stressed out. Apparently, she was getting calls from her brother Lee and her mom Cindy all night long. And this is where on July 3rd, Cindy has is at her wit's end and she wants to get it out there that her daughter is really hurting her. So Cindy makes a MySpace account and the same day that she creates it, she posts a little post that says, My Kaylee is missing. Current mood distraught. She came into my life unexpectedly. Um, just as she has left me, this precious little angel from above gave me strength and unconditional love. Now she is gone and I don't know why. All I am guilty of is loving her and providing for her a safe home. Jealousy has taken her away. Jealousy from the one person that should be thankful for all the love and support given to her. A mother's love is deep. However, there are limits when one is per betrayed by the one she loved and trusted the most a daughter comes to her mother for support when she is pregnant the mother says without hesitation it will be okay and it was but then the lies and betrayal began first it seemed harmless ah love is blind a mother will look for the good in her child and give them a chance to change this mother gave chance after chance to her daughter to change but instead more lies more betrayal What does the mother get for giving her daughter all of these chances? A broken heart, a daughter who stole money, lots of money, leaves without warning and does not let her mother now speak to the baby that her mother raised, fed, clothed, sheltered, paid for her medical bills, etc. Instead, tells her friends that her mother is controlling her life and she needs her space. No money, no future. Where did she go? Who is now watching out for the little angel? Um, the same day, Jesse starts calling Casey because he sees this MySpace post and he's asking like, what's going on? She says, I don't want, I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk a different day about it. He calls her the next day. Hey, you know, you want to talk about it, but it's the 4th of July. She doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So she just wants to go to this party and Cindy keeps calling her and finally she answers and she says, do you and Kaylee want to come watch some fireworks? Casey says they aren't in town. So this is where Jeff, this made up person, you remember Jeff Hopkins? Apparently he moved back from North Carolina and is living in Jacksonville. So they are going to spend the weekend with him and his son, Zachary. 
Meanwhile, she is telling friends that Kaylee is with Zanny at SeaWorld, so Casey can be at this house party that uh, this guy Will is throwing. And she's trying to help him with the party. She's cleaning up messes, and afterwards they go out to the lake to watch fireworks, and Tony calls her with the devastating news that he might not be moving back to Florida. His father wants him back home, and she's super upset about it. July 5th, Will, who threw the party, texts her and really likes her, says she's really cool and he wants to see her. Casey goes to his house around 9.30 in the morning and tells him she wants to go shopping at Ikea because she needs stuff for her new place that she's buying. (laughs) Oh my god, you guys. Later that same day, she takes Tony's Jeep to the car wash so that she can go pick him up from the airport. Two boys in one day, man. The whole time she is washing the Jeep, going to the airport, and waiting for Tony, she's on the phone with Will. (laughs) She gets Tony, and then they go out to Buffalo Wild Wings, and then she stays the night with him. He says she has these nightmares, and for the next few nights, she's having these night shakes and sweats, and she can hardly sleep. She's waking up all throughout the night, and at one point in the night, he woke up to her sitting in the floor at a laptop, crying, watching a video of Kaylee. On July 6th, Cindy once again asks Casey to come over, but Casey says they're stuck in Jacksonville with car troubles, but that, don't worry, Jeff is handling it. She also backs out last minute on a Puerto Rico trip with Ricardo and Amy and then says, well, I'll try to make it, but you guys go ahead without me. (laughs) Because she has the money for all of this. On July 7th, Casey bumps into a friend at Subway who asks about Kaylee and she just says she's on a play date. But that evening on MySpace, Casey wrote a diary of days, and it says, On the worst of worst days, remember the words spoken. Trust no one, only yourself. With great power comes great consequence. What is given can be taken away. Everyone lies. Everyone dies. Life will never be easy. On the worst of worst days, remember the words spoken. Hold your head high. Smile. Laugh. Love unconditionally. Tomorrow is a brand new day. July 8th, she dropped Amy off at the airport for Puerto Rico, and Amy told Casey that she could borrow her car. She knew that she was having car troubles when really her car is just like impound at the moment. Um, apparently Amy gathered from Casey that she was busy for a few days and that she would meet up with them in Puerto Rico. And Casey posted on Amy's Facebook saying, Puerto Rico has stolen my friends. We will see each other soon. Instead, she actually found a checkbook of Amy's and Amy's car and goes on a shopping spree. That day she goes to Target and spends over $100. Later that day, she uploads a picture Um, to her computer, which is a picture of a little girl looking up at a teddy bear that is hanging from a noose. Very disturbing. And it says, why do people kill people who kill people to show people that to kill people is bad? Yeah, just let that sink in for a minute. July 10th, she texts Amy about her flight and that that night she would get on a flight and meet up with them. But that evening, she actually goes to Target and spends $100 more of Amy's money. And then later that day, I guess she didn't get enough retail therapy, so she goes to a different Target and spends another $150 of Amy's money. She also talks to her mother saying that they are still with Jeff, but they're coming home soon. 
On July 12th, Troy, who is another friend of Ricardo, Amy's, and Casey's, he's in Puerto Rico with the other ones, and he's texting her being like, where are you at? Are you still coming? And she says, oh, yeah, I'm going to try, but I just had a lot to do. I'm looking for a place. I'm having car trouble, blah, 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 blah. That day, she uploads a Tupac quote, and it says, you can spend minutes, hours, days, weeks, or even months overanalyzing a situation, trying to put pieces together justifying what could have would have happened or you can just leave the pieces on the floor and move the fuck on the same day will had made evening plans for a helicopter ride date with casey but she texted him last minute after he made these reservations and was there saying sorry can't make it on July 11th, she texts amy saying she unfortunately won't be able to make it to puerto rico and she asks um, will to go to a fusion club that night instead but he says no because he found out that tony was going to be there um, during this time she also texts her mom and she's like why haven't you called me today and cindy says well because you said that you're coming home tomorrow so you think that this girl would be irritated that her mom is calling and checking up on her every single day and she has to keep lying saying that she's with this guy jeff that she made up in jacksonville um you think like if her mom stopped calling she'd be like okay finally part of me thinks that she was thinking oh man is my mom starting to put the pieces together like is she calling around trying to get help from people she's called my brother in the past so i need to check in on her instead so that might have been what's going on the next day on July 12th, she uses another check from Amy at Winn-Dixie for almost $100. She also calls her mother saying that they were staying in Jacksonville for Jeff's mom. Jeff's mom apparently has cancer and has a surprise wedding, so she's going to stay for the wedding. <laughs> the Anthonys get a letter on their door saying that they have something at the post office that needs to be picked up. Um, they didn't have time to do it that day, so they said, we'll put it off and we'll do it this weekend. And so on July 15th, that weekend, um, first of all, Amy texts Casey saying, hey, my flight gets in, so you're going to have to come pick me up today. But at the same time, George and Cindy are going to the post office. And I think George went by himself, and he gets there and he finds out about the car. But since the car is in Cindy's name, and this is Casey's car I'm talking about that's been impound in like the impound yard for days, um, actually June 30th to be exact. Um, he has to call Cindy and says, you have to come pick this up and you have to bring the title because it's in your name. So Cindy has to come bring the title. She has to pay $480 for the days that have racked up of the car being there. Oh my God, I would be so pissed. George and the man um, that is, you know, having the car there and is taking George out to get the car, they open the vehicle door and this odor hits them and it's so awful. And the guy that's working there, he said that the smell reminded him of the time where a man committed suicide and was left in his car for five days. He said it was the smell of death. So the inspection of the car trunk revealed that there was a plastic bag containing trash, but George has actually said in the past, like, he sat there and prayed that it wasn't his granddaughter or his daughter that was dead in the car because it smelled that bad. 
But meanwhile, his daughter is completely fine. Casey is forging a check uh, um, from Amy's checkbook for $250, and she also pays her racked-up $500-and-something-dollar AT&T bill that actually bounces because she has drained Amy's bank account. But then she goes to the airport and she picks up Amy like it's nothing. At this point, Cindy is distressed. Um, she has not seen Casey or Kaylee in a month in like a month. Um, then they go and look out in the car and there's all this personal stuff. There's clothes of theirs. There is a car seat um, of Kaylee's. There's the backpack that George had last seen Kaylee have um, that had like diapers and clothes and stuff like that in it. There was shoes. She gets so worried that she tracks down Amy uh, Casey's friend, and she says, look, this has been going on. Um, Casey's lying to you. She's stealing money from us. We don't know where Kaylee's at. You know, she tells her everything, and Amy's, like, trying to be a good friend to Kaylee or Casey, but she's like, yeah, I'll take you, you know, and she shows her, like, where she's staying, and it's Tony's apartment. So Cindy gets out, and she goes up, and she knocks on the door, and she demands that Casey comes home with her, and they talk. Um, so at this point, Amy goes back home and she is stressed out. So she has to check her bank account and she sees that her bank account is completely drained by her fucked up friend, Casey. But meanwhile, back at the Anthony's place, Casey tells her parents that she hasn't seen Kaylee in a month and that a babysitter named Zanea Fernandez Gonzalez, Zanny, may have kidnapped her. At this point, Cindy Anthony immediately calls 911 and reports that her granddaughter Kaylee is missing. All right, guys, I was hoping I could get this whole thing finished, but I'm actually going to leave you guys hanging. I know it's a little bit of a cliffhanger if you don't know this case. I'm sure you do, though, so I'm sure you know everything, but I hope you guys can still appreciate all of the details uh, put into this and I can already tell my voice is like giving out. So I'm actually going to end this part here today. I normally don't do this with regular seasons, but guys, this case is just so full on and I want you guys to hear all the details because there was even some details here and there. I knew most of this case, like I said, but there was some details here and there that I was like, oh my God, I did not know this. And uh, I want to give you guys all the details so that in the end you guys see the viewpoint from what everyone watching this case seen and we're just so astounded about the results. So I hope you guys don't mind. I promise I will be back next Tuesday with the part two and that should be the only other part of this. But it is a very long case and there's a lot of details. But we are now to the point where it's out that Kaylee's missing and that Casey hasn't had Kaylee in a month. So um, we'll definitely be getting into a lot of that in the next part when we finish this up. So no matter how long it is, I'm sure I will get all of the rest in the next part for you guys. And I will probably turn around and try to record it tomorrow, giving my voice um, a little bit of a break today, but just so I can power through and make sure it's ready for you guys next Tuesday. So yeah, I hope you guys don't mind. And part two will just be episode five for this season. If you guys have any other requests for episodes after that part, send them to me so I can start researching them. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Caffeine Crime Podcast and 
also, um, the blog will be up for this part of stuff that I've mentioned in this part today down in the description box. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. We will wrap this up next week with season three, episode five. 